This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to Want to Hear Something Weird, a podcast about all kinds of weird, wonderful, wacky stuff. When we hear about something weird, we love telling each other about it. And we thought, hey, why not tell other people? Why not tell strangers about it too? Why Why just limit just two of us? I'm uh, Tom, one of your hosts. And I'm Laura. Laura, want to hear something weird? I absolutely do. I was going to say, would you like to hear something weird? But that would be not on Incorrect. Brand. I'm going to tell you tonight about a man named Don Shrum, Donald Shrum. Okay. And a bizarre UFO encounter he had. I wouldn't classify it as an abduction. Oh. But it is up for interpretation, I would say, whether it was an attempted abduction or not. Well, that's an interesting way of phrasing it, <laughs> and I am intrigued. Yeah. This is a weird one. Well, that is the name of the show. <laughs> yeah. But this, uh, I'm trying to think of other cases like this where just like extreme, you know, you hear alien abduction stories, right? You hear about the, the people who wake up in the middle of the night, they're paralyzed, they can't move, and they see figures in the corner of their eyes and perhaps even in the corner of their bedrooms. Little gray aliens with the big eyes, with the big almond-shaped eyes, and they take them on their ship and they experiment on them and stuff. And then they put them back. And sometimes those people have like markings or whatever. Now, this is real or is it in movies? I'm saying like real and in movies. You hear okay. about that. And I'm what I'm what I was going to say. Some people might hear about that, but I think a lot of us <laughs> have not. Well, but I, I think that's like the normal abduction story, right? Yes. That, that little gray aliens come in at night, take somebody they're they're powerless against them. And that's it. So yes. if you met somebody and they told you that's what happened to them, you'd say, OK, I believe you because I hear about that happening all, literally all the time. Every person I run into. <laughs> um, but this is a unique one. This, this is one I haven't heard about anybody having this kind of encounter before. So this happened <clears throat> 1964 in Tahoe National Forest, which is in northern California. A real hot spot for weird stuff. Oh, is it? Is that Northern where? Northern California in general. Yeah. 
Just like a, I guess maybe because there's a lot of nature out there. Maybe. Or, or vortexes. Maybe. Portals. portals to mm. other dimensions. So Donald Shrum is out there. Oh, I should probably mention up front too. This story had been around pretty much since it happened, I think. But for 40 years, almost 40 years, Donald Shrum remained anonymous. Okay. He did not want his name on this story. Well, you know, I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. Why? Well, I think you're going to, no matter what, you're going to get people who accuse you of, of making it making up, it up or, or being crazy or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I think being anonymous also probably helps lend to the credibility of the story because it's, you yeah, can't, it's, people can't accuse you of just making it up for attention and or fame. Right. Or money. Yeah, yeah. That's the other one. It's always like, ah, they're doing it for money. And I'm, I always think How? like, oh, yeah, you hear about all those rich alien abductees <laughs> who are just living it up in their mansions. So this guy, Donald Trump, 26. He's out bow hunting in Tahoe National Forest with a group of friends. I believe they're hunting deer. Okay. He gets separated from the group at some point while they're hunting. Never which is good. Never a good thing to happen. Never good. Okay. So Don gets separated by his fr- from his friends, not by his friends. I don't know. Maybe they didn't like the guy and they were like, hey, let's, let's leave him the in case. the Tahoe National Forest for the night to teach him a lesson. I hope not. He gets separated. What would you do if you were separated in the middle of the night in the Tahoe National Forest and uh, night was coming fast? I would have a panic attack, uh-huh. probably freeze and freak out. Okay. I don't know what time of year it was. I don't even honestly want to be <laughs> with someone else when it's nightfall in a forest. Oh, okay. You've been in the forest with me at well, nightfall. Like, that's and, camping. And, well, and, I, and I've noticed that you're very <laughs> young. <laughs> Very uncomfortable. (laughs) Very wary of me. (laughs) Um, Well, so what Donald decided, I guess freezing wasn't a big problem. Although I think like bow hunting deer season is fallish, I want to say. Maybe late summer. I'm not the right person to ask. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. But that wasn't his concern. His concern was if I sleep on the forest floor, some freaking mountain lion's going to come and eat me in the middle of the night. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is also a valid concern. Snakes, bears. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there aren't too many uh, like anacondas in the Tahoe <laughs> National Forest. There's always a chance. But yeah, I assume there are black bears. So I would assume like, yeah, yeah you don't want to mess with black bears either. So he decides the way to prevent this is to go climb a tree and sleep up in a tree. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, mountain lions go in trees. So I don't know if that's a foolproof plan. But it is smarter than yeah. sleeping on the floor. Well, ground, I know I think. It, it, it worked out for him because of uh, the stuff that started happening oh next. He notices once he's up in the tree, a light zigzagging towards him. And his first thought is, oh, great. My friends mm-hmm. told the rangers or whatever I'm missing. And they sent out a helicopter to come find me. Fantastic. Aww. It was not a helicopter. It was a cigar shaped UFO. You know, it says a 14 or he said a 14 story building. I don't know if uh, that's like long ways or tall because mm-hmm. it's it's tic tac shaped or cigar shaped. So I assume 14 stories long. I would imagine 14 stories tall. And then know, then that would be what, like 80 stories long. So. Right. But pretty big. But that's very big. You know, that's the size of a of a, a small 
uh, not a skyscraper, I guess, but like a tall Definitely building. a high rise. Yeah, a high rise. Yeah. So it stops and it hovers about 50 feet away from him. It's not making any noise or anything. He realizes, yeah, this probably isn't my friends. They probably, <laughs> didn't, they probably didn't send these guys to come get me. A second UFO detaches from the main one, kind of like a scout ship. And then that goes and lands on the forest floor. Not, not too far from the tree, mind you. Tom, I'm spooked. <laughs> so three beings emerge from this UFO. Two of them sound more or less like what we were describing before. The uh, little gray Aliens, yeah. They are five feet tall. They're wearing silver suits that cover their heads. And they have what he describes uh, look like welding goggles on over their eyes. Okay. Now, the third one's a little different. The third one is a metallic robot. Okay. That is darker in color, has two glowing red eyes, and um, the mouth looks like, I want to say maybe like a toaster oven door, like (laughs) kind of just like flaps down like a pizza oven door, that kind of. Yeah. So very, you know. It's described as like a 50s, 60s sci-fi robot. Okay. So he's like, you know, what the heck is going on here? You know, he's not happy. He, he doesn't, no. He's not thrilled to be seeing the stuff coming to him. So coming he's at him. still in the tree and they're on the ground. Yes. Okay. Now, some versions of the story said that they started shaking the tree. Mm, no, but, thank you. But Shrum... I think once he came out and said, yeah, this was me, I said all this. He said, no, that was a fabrication that people added. They did not shake the tree, but they didn't shake the tree. It sounds like because uh, they didn't think they needed to because the robot steps forward and uses its hand to open up its mouth. So seemingly it can't open its mouth on its own and lets out gas that rises up into the tree and uh, Shrum breathes it in and it knocks him out. Knockout gas. The robot's got knockout gas. Now you might be thinking, well, that sounds awful. Isn't this guy going to fall out of the tree if that happens? That is what I'm thinking. He thought of that. He tied his belt to the tree branch. This isn't his first sleeping in a tree rodeo. (laughs) It doesn't sound like it. (laughs) I don't know if he just had like a huge belt and he could, you know, the belt was around his waist and the tree branch, or if he detached the belt and I don't know, tied it around his leg, whatever it was, it turned out to be a good idea because the gas emitting robot did not knock Donald out of the tree. Go Donald. So he wakes up a little while later, looks down, the freaking aliens are still there, which is not, you know, not great. Seemingly they can't climb the tree. So now he starts thinking, like, what, what, what can I do? What do I have? But I, I believe he also said that he's like, I didn't really want to, like, hurt these mm-hmm. creatures. I didn't know what their intentions were. Like, I didn't want right. to, you know, kill them. Not until, I guess, they start attacking. Right. He would be happy if they just left. Well, <laughs> they just I, I went think we all away. would, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so he starts l- lighting things in his pockets his hunting license and uh, dollar bills. 
he lights them uh, and like throws them down at the at the aliens to try and like firebomb them. They're not really too worried about that, which makes sense. You yeah, know, a little slip of paper. On yeah, fire. a little slip of paper. Come on. It was it, a good try. But then apparently uh, Don Shrum was the kind of guy that liked to wear a lot of hair product. Ah. So he takes his greasy hat off. Of course, lights, it's the 60s. Yeah, lights that. It goes like <laughs> immediately lights up like a torch, throws that at him. That does get them to back off a little bit. But, you know, once the danger is gone, they come right back once the hat doesn't hit them. So at this point, he realizes, oh, wait a minute. I have a 60 pound uh, compact uh, or compound uh, hunting bow. Why don't I try shooting him with a bow and arrow? So he shoots the robot with the bow mm. and the arrow just goes like ding off of it. You're kidding. No. So he knows now. So it, like kind of bounces off of it. Yeah. I think he might have even like seen a little spark. So he knows like, oh, that that thing is metal. Wow. I hit it with a metal tipped arrow and it it just kind of glanced off of it. At this point, they gas him again. Oh, is he still tied up? He's still tied up. I don't I don't think he was stupid enough to untie himself, but they gas him again, which, you know, makes sense. He's he's a danger to everyone. <laughs> Wakes up. Not, I guess this is like very short term gas. Mm hmm. He wakes up and now they are trying to climb up the tree. The two little alien. Oh, guys. this is a nightmare. So he doesn't like that. Uh, so now he's like trying to hit him with branches. He has a old uh, army canteen. He has, you know, his wallet coins. He's anything he can get his hands on. He's throwing at them to try and get them to go away. So they, you know, of course, don't like this. So they go ahead and uh, they they gas him again. <laughs> This is now the third time he's gotten gassed. It, it kind of strikes me as like he's swatting at him. He's throwing stuff at him to try and get them to go away. They keep gassing him because he's trying to hurt them. It's like everybody should just go uh, go about their day, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I think Don would have been happy with that. Too. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so they gas him again. Then he wakes up. We just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening. Want to hear something weird is a new podcast and we're trying to get the word out about the show and reach listeners who like good stories about weird stuff. If you're enjoying the show, we'd love if you could subscribe and take a moment to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Five star ratings really help to surface our show to new listeners. And if you really want to help the podcast, writing up a little review with that rating uh, goes a, a very long way. That would be amazing. Thank you. We're also super excited to hear from our listeners. You can tweet at us at wannahearpod or follow us on Instagram at wannahearpod. But really, we'd love any feedback, comments, or suggestions you want to email our way. We're at wannahearpod at gmail.com. If you want to email an audio note, we just might play your voice on an upcoming episode. Okay, so Don's been gassed for the third time. He wakes up. Thank the gods of the forest. The aliens are gone. Oh. They're not there anymore. Okay. That's a nice thing to wake up to. Yeah. So that's why I say this is perhaps an attempted abduction. Mm -hmm. Maybe Unsuccessful. not. Maybe they were just trying to reach him about his car's extended warranty <laughs> expiring. Could and be. 
Um, you hear that a lot with aliens. Yeah. He climbs back down from the tree and actually like pretty quickly finds his friends. It's morning now, by the way. Oh, so uh, that was like an extended gassing. Yeah. I don't know if he didn't have a watch or maybe uh, it just wasn't in the the stuff I was reviewing, but I'm not sure exactly how much time was passing. I mean, I assume he went up in the tree pretty, you know, yeah, out in the uh, woods. Dark. When it gets dark, it, it can get dark fast. Right. And pretty early. So it might have been, you know, six or seven o'clock at night. He's up in the tree. This starts happening pretty soon after and happens uh, more or less all night until the next morning. So now what's interesting is he reunites with his friends. His one friend, Vincent Alvarez, saw the UFO. Whoa, the same 14 story. Yeah, he did, he did not see the aliens, Okay, but he did see the, the UFO at one point because remember, it was glowing and they were out in the woods looking for him. So that adds some credibility to the story that there is another witness that said, yeah, I did see. He's like, I can't speak to the, you know, oven mouth robot and all that, but I saw that UFO. And then, like I said, he he kept it a secret for 40 years and uh, he revealed it in April 2000. Well, he, he didn't keep it a secret, right? He, he kept just him a secret. himself, he, he, his, yes. his identity. A he secret. kept his identity a right. secret. He revealed it in April 2007 in an interview, but then in 2011, he put out a book uh, that I think two other people helped him write. I read a little bit of it uh, called Aliens in the Forest, the Cisco Grove UFO Encounter. Now, this isn't the end of weird stuff happening to, oh. to old Shrum. His son, I, I'm not sure if Don Shrum is still with us. I don't think so, but his son was born two years after this all happened. Okay. So when Don was uh, about 28. Now his son has gone on the record as saying, yeah, you know, this was known stuff in our family. Okay. But we were, you know, sworn to secrecy by our parents that this was not something to ever be discussed outside of the immediate family. Okay. And now the reason why it was uh, kind of known within the family is that Don had awful mm. recurring nightmares yeah. and PTSD and flashbacks. And uh, his son said, you know, he would often wake up screaming oh my god and he would see you know his dad after he woke up just uncontrollably sobbing just crying oh, about geez. you know what what happened in his dream or in his flashback now according to them they were interviewed uh, donald and his wife were interviewed by two stiff air force officers that came to the house at some point and stiff stiff just kind of oh like their their <laughs> present their personality their their personalities okay. very very by the book i guess very i see stiff and twice we're interviewed by men in black oh so i don't know how they identified themselves but one time they took don and judy to a abandoned house and interrogated them and I wonder why the wife, why Judy would have been interrogated. 
I think just because she also knew he all confided the details. in her. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds like basically the, the Air Force and the men in black were telling them, just shut up. Just stop talking about this. You know, I guess they knew that he had talked to reporters, even though he was anonymous. They knew mm. who he was. And they just told him the standard, like, it'd be a real shame if an accident happened. Uh, so you should probably stop talking about this uh, and never talk about what happened to you again. Do you want to explain what Men in Black is for anyone who may not be familiar so, with the Tommy idea? Tommy Lee Jones, Will <laughs> Smith. I know you would think, boy, that's an oddball couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, one sure of them is, is cool and young and one is old and square. Um, now take me through the whole plot. <laughs> the Men in Black... Nobody's 100% sure what exactly they are because uh, stories differ, but they usually are in pairs. They show up after UFO encounters, alien encounters. They will often claim to work for the government. Mm -hmm. And now in some recountings and some people say these are this is like a, you know, above top secret government organization that is not the FBI or the CIA or the NSA. They don't even have a designation and their job is to investigate this stuff and keep people quiet. Now, there are other people that think these men in black are somehow aliens that have this because there are a lot of stories of them looking extremely strange, kind of having like waxy skin and it looking like they have makeup on. So like badly done, you know, just like, oh, that looks like a corpse. <laughs> Put some rouge on mm. them to make them look natural mm. uh, and like robotic movements and odd phrasing, uh, all that kind of stuff. And then some people uh, think they're robots. They, they think they're some kind of like androids potentially sent out by the aliens. You know, the aliens are like, well, we can't show up. Look at what happened when we showed up at the bottom of this guy's tree. Uh, right. how he reacted. If we show up at the door and we were like, hey, don't tell anybody about this, uh, they would be upset. So we'll make these what we think are incredibly lifelike uh, robots and we'll send them to tell them to shut up. Right. No word from my research uh, what category these guys fell in. Okay. But they, they were strange. Now, the I think this is the last strange bit of uh, stuff here is that a team from that seems like it was the Air Force went to the site of all this. And this was after after Don after had, this Donald happened. Had. After Don Don had gone home. Mm -hmm. They went to the site and took everything. Everything Don had thrown down was oh. missing. Mm. And by the base of the tree there were rake marks. So they had literally raked the ground. The soil and they stuff. They raked the soil to make sure they weren't missing any potential evidence or clues or, or anything like that. Who is saying that? Uh, the son is saying that. He knows about this? Yeah, I forget the whole... I remember reading about this a while ago. I didn't... It wasn't in my research this week, but uh, why they... Thought, I know that they went back to the site and they saw the rake marks and everything and everything was gone. So they were like, okay. oh, shit, somebody came here. Right. 
I believe there are other witnesses that claim that they saw like the Air Force like coming in there, you know, in trucks and stuff. Mm. So that's where they put two and two together. So, yeah, that's the rest of his life was hell. <laughs> just just having these recurring nightmares about what happened. Now, there is a lot of weird you know, there there's a lot of evidence or not evidence, I guess, but but theories that, hey, I know what happened. This guy was scared out of his mind, alone up in a tree at night. Maybe a bear did come at some point and tried attacking him. Mm-hmm. And this is like his, you know, dazed, half asleep, half awake nightmare of having to like fight off some animal trying to come up in the tree. Right. Which I remember one time when I went camping. I think I'd forgotten a sleeping bag like a moron. Wow. And a friend of mine said, oh, I have an extra sleeping bag. What he didn't tell me was he had an extra sleeping bag because the sleeping bag he had was like a factory defect and it had two openings, an opening (laughs) at the top and an opening at the bottom. So that's not very warm. No, it's not very warm at all. And I just remember freezing all night and constantly having nightmares that bears were coming into my tent it was like maybe the worst night of sleep i've Mm -hmm. ever had yeah so i can kind of see if you're in this stressful situation maybe he was exhausted like you could have weird stuff like that happen i think also you had when you were describing the robot had mentioned that it was almost like a 1960s sci-fi robot and that makes me think okay so when he's describing it he's thinking of of something he's seen in on tv or in the movies well and apparently at the time there was a brand of chocolate syrup called clanky that Mm. came in a robot shaped bottle Ah. a dark brown bottle was similar in color to what he described and you look at this picture of clanky First off, it looks delicious. I wish they Sounds still like made something clanky. you would enjoy, yes. But it looks like what he's describing. It looks like a 1960s sci-fi robot. Did it have a toaster oven and or a pizza oven? No, mouth? it had like a, <laughs> a pretty like human-like face, actually. Mm, like kind of a face creepier, and a helmet. Okay. But the evidence against this being a, a dream, the evidence of this being a, a real experience, three things, basically. One, this guy had decades of PTSD from this. Right. If he had a bad, like I said, I that dream I had about bears attacking me was awful. I have not had recurring nightmares about it the rest of my life. This guy had. Um, <laughs> what? I, I, I've heard you yell at night. Uh, yeah, bear. you're bears. Bear, get out of here. So that that, you know, lends credibility to it wasn't just a bad dream. This guy had a genuinely traumatic experience. The government involvement, including the the Air Force coming to talk to him, the Air Force perhaps sweeping the site and taking everything. Um, and then also the fact that his friend Alvarez saw a UFO the same night. So those three things together make it a little more believable. And now the the thing about the robot looking like a 60s robot is that there are a lot of people. And I think the prominent person that talks about this is Jacques Vallée, who's uh, one of the most famous UFO researchers. Mm -hmm. He's been, I think he's like in his 80s or 90s now, but still out there, still doing the work. 
and he wrote this book in 1969, Passport to Mag- Mangonia, where he talks a lot about tale like mythology and stuff. And right. not only the idea that if somebody thousand years ago saw a UFO, they would think it was a god or, or something like that rather than an alien from another planet. He kind of puts forward the idea of the phenomenon, the, all this stuff being having something to do with our consciousness and basically looking like we expect it to look mm. or looking like it wants you to perceive it. Maybe so people write you off because if you go, yeah, some toaster oven mouth robot did this, they'd be like, yeah, right. But if you say, oh, it was, you know, a, a gray alien and it looked like this, I don't know, maybe that's like a little more believable. So there are a lot of stories of just people having like, extremely strange encounters that seem like ridiculous lies and some people think oh that's the phenomenon doing that to kind of like have that person be ridiculed so nobody will believe them right but uh what's interesting is Jacques Vallée in in that book writes about how over a century ago Leroy de Lincey in his book Les Livres Dance Legends Nailed it. (laughs) Published in 1836, had this to say about elves. Okay. If a mortal being dares come near them, they open their mouth and, struck by the breath which escapes from it, the imprudent fellow dies poisoned. So this is, you know, early 1800s, a guy writing about elves being able to expel gas from their mouth. So maybe, and and kill a person, maybe they were trying to kill him, but he was so high up in the tree, the gas, you know, dispersed and wasn't able to do that. Hmm. But yeah. But were they elves? These, I mean, the other guys kind of sound elf-like. They're five feet tall. They're, they've got little silver suits on. Mm -hmm. They got funny goggles. Hmm. I don't know if somebody saw them 200 years ago. I don't think you'd uh, call them crazy for thinking it was an elf. You wouldn't say, no, you idiot, that's an alien with little goggles on. I mean, you do think about sometimes breathing some other person's breath. Sometimes you do want to die. So I could, this is a plausible theory in my book. <laughs> All right. So that, that's the story of Donald Shrum, the the man who uh, know, fought off an alien invasion, perhaps. Wow. Maybe that was the start, and they were like, "Too much trouble." Look at this guy. They, uh, he tied himself with the belt. That's uh, how how on earth are we going to compete with that? People also talk about like, "Hey, why did they can travel all this way, but they can't get up a tree?" And again, it's like one of those weird, Mm -hmm. you know, things that doesn't necessarily make sense. But we we just don't know about what the hell this thing was, right? If it existed, real interesting one. Thank you. Real weird one. I made it up completely. Oh, well, no, it's fantastic. I didn't make it up completely. Uh, like I said, uh, you can you can learn more in Donald Trump's book, which is called. It's not Donald Trump's book, but it's like the official recounting. Uh, Aliens in the Forest: The Cisco Grove UFO Encounter. Hmm. Very interesting. All right. Well, that's our uh, story for this week. If you want to find out more about the show, you can follow us on social media at WannaHearPod. If you have a spooky story, you can email us. WannaHearPod at gmail.com. WannaHearPod at gmail.com. Nice and short. Like, Maybe uh, give us a little five-star review. 
Yeah, on on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and if you if you feel inclined to write a little something that really helps out a a, a fresh brass young podcast like the one you're listening to, we'd really appreciate did it. Did I say brass? I meant you brash. sure did. All right, we'll see you next week. Want to Hear Something Weird is a Clamor audio production distributed by the Cloud 10 Network. Hosted and executive produced by Tom Reynolds and Laura Anderson. Executive produced by Aaron Hilliard. Clamor General Manager Rich Statter. Associate Producer Ethan Aronson. Post-production supervised by Devin Ruskin. Production Assistant Samara Mullick. Special thanks to Sim Sarna and Saiba Krieger at Cloud 10. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.